really great to see everyone out this morning. It's always a joy to come over and see so many Christians out uh, worshiping God and, and getting to catch up with everybody. Uh, it's really, really good to be here. Uh, so this morning I wanted to talk about our hope that we have, the hope that we have in Jesus and, and what we have to look forward to. So I went to uh, my Bible Gateway, or not Bible Gateway, but my Olive Tree app, and I, and I put in the search bar just hope, just to, you know, just, just to go through and to kind of see what was there. And I got 68 responses. So this morning I'm going to go through all 68 of those, and we're going to look at all of them very in depth. Not, not really. Uh, <laughs> y'all, y'all wanted to be here until about two o'clock this afternoon, didn't? Uh, but no, but but as I was going through looking at those, uh, I did. I came across Second Corinthians uh, chapter four. That's what I want to look at today. I want to look at uh, Second Corinthians chapter four and the beginning of chapter five, kind of be the outline for how we look at the hope that we have within Christ. So before we get before we go through and read that, I do want to give you the definition of hope. Uh, so it's to trust in, wait for look for or desire something or someone or to expect something beneficial in the future. So that, so as we go through and read 2 Corinthians 4 and 5, um, think about that definition. It's something beneficial that we're looking forward to in the future. So you, you can hope in a lot of things, but let's think of it specifically in how we're going to hope in Jesus. And so um, beginning in um, chapter beginning in verse 1. So I split this up into six different sections. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read a portion and then tell you what, what, how I describe, just kind of one sense to describe what I, what I think that is. And then we're going to come back and do a deeper dive into each one of those sections and, and try to draw applications from there. But 2 Corinthians chapter 4, we'll begin reading in verse 1. Therefore, since we have this ministry, as we receive mercy, we do not lose heart. But we have renounced things hidden because of shame, not walking in craftiness or adultering, adulterating the word of God, but by the manifestation of truth, committing ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. And even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing, in whose case the God of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelieving, so that they might not see the light of the gospel, of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. For we do not preach ourselves, but Christ Jesus is Lord and ourselves as bondservants for Jesus. For God, who said, Light shall shine out of darkness, is the one who has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God and the face of Christ. So this first kind of paragraph um, here, I would say we preach Christ as Lord and ourselves as slaves. We get, continue reading in verse 7. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels, so that the surpassing greatness of the power will be of God and not from ourselves. We are afflicted in every way, but not crushed. Perplexed, but not despairing. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. Always carrying about in the body the dying of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our body. For we who live are constantly are constantly being delivered over to death for Jesus' sake, so that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our mortal flesh. So the death, so death works in us, but life in you. So these five or six verses, I would say, there's trials that we're going to face. We're going to be afflicted, but we're not going to be crushed. We continue reading in verse 13. 
But having the same spirit of faith, according to that, to what is written, I believe, therefore I spoke. We also believe, therefore we also speak. Knowing that he who raised the Lord Jesus will raise us also with Jesus and will present us with you. For all things are for your sake, so that grace, which is spreading to more and more people, may cause the giving of thanks to abound to the glory of God. Jesus is going to be raised from the dead. And so are we. Uh, verse, continue reading in verse 16. Therefore we do not lose heart, but though our outer man is decaying, yet our inner man is being renewed day by day. For momentary light affliction is producing for us an eternal weight of glory far beyond all comprehension. While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen, for the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Here again, there's going to be trials that we're going to face, but Paul describes them as momentary light affliction. Continue reading in chapter 5, verse 1. For we know that if the earthly tent, which is our house, is torn down, we have a building from God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. For, in, for indeed, in this house we've grown, longing to be clothed with our dwelling, from heaven, inasmuch as having having put it on, will not be found naked. For indeed, while we are in this tent, we groan, being burdened, because we do not want to be unclothed, but to be clothed, so that what is mortal shall be swallowed up by life. Now he who prepared for us who who prepared, who prepared us for this very purpose is God, who gave to us spirit as a pledge. We're looking for a building. We're looking for an eternal, eternal home. And here, this is heaven. And continue on in verse 6. Therefore, always being of good courage and knowing that while we are at home in the body, we are absent from the Lord. For we walk by faith, not by sight. We are of good courage. I say and prefer rather to be absent from the body and to be home with the Lord. Therefore, we also have as our ambition, whether at home or absent, to be pleasing to him. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, so that each one may be recompensed for his deeds in the body, according to what he has done, whether good or bad. So my intent this morning is this is going to be our outline for our lesson. This is what we're going to look at. We're going to take each one of those um, six sections, and we're going to go, and we're going to look at it in... Uh, in more depth. So going going back to chapter four, verses one through six. So we're we're to be preaching Christ as Lord, and we're we're to be the servants. And so to be that kind of sets the stage for, for what what what's my expectation for what I need to be doing? I need the Lord Jesus is my Lord. He's the my authority and the who's the person that I need to be looking to. Uh, and then I'm to be the bond servant. I'm to be the slave. And we're told here, uh, I believe in, in verse 4, uh, or beginning in verse 5, and even if, if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing. And the, in whose case, the God of this world, so the God of this world, that's going to be the devil. He, he's blinding the minds of those of the world and the unbelieving so they may not see the light of the gospel, of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. Okay, 
So we need to be looking to the Lord. He, he's the one that is our master. And we, we have the option. The devil can blind us to it, but we need to ignore that. And we need to be looking for Jesus uh, as best we can. And then skipping down, or so the, the, the next portion, uh, verses 7 through 12, we're going to face trials. To me, it's impressive the things if you, if you look uh, verses 7 through 12 and also 16 through the end of the chapter. Uh, Paul went through some really hard times. Paul went through a lot of hard times. Uh, he would, whenever he, he talks about uh, we're afflicted in every way, but we're not crushed. We're, per, we're perplexed, but not despairing. We're persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. So he has all these things that, yeah, bad things happen. Bad things are going to happen to him, but it doesn't get the best of him. He's going to persevere, and he's going to make it through it. And I think that's something that, for me, I really I really need to see that, because there's times in my life that, that I am crushed. I am perplexed, but I can't let the devil get the best of me, like, like we saw in, uh, in earlier uh, in chapter 4. That we, we need to be on guard against the God of this world as he's described here. Um, so, and, and, I mean, another thing that we need to think about, whenever we do decide to put on Christ, it's not, we're not putting on an easy life. We're not putting on something that's going to be, uh, it's not going to be easy. And we need to realize that going in, that it, that it is going to be hard. Uh, and then verses uh, 13, through 15. Jesus was raised from the dead, so shall we. I think this is part of how Paul is able to get through the things that he does, and that's part of the reason that he has the hope that he does, is because Jesus was Jesus was going to be raised from the dead, and the person that raised him is that's the same person that's going to raise us. That's what we just did. We just remembered his death on the cross, and we, we remember that, and we remember that with the hope that that's what's going to happen to us. Is that the, the very way that God uh, raised it, that He sent His Son to be given for us, and then raised Him, uh, raised Him again? That's going to be what we're going to get as well. So to me, that's very encouraging to think about the the hope that we have. So that, that's what we're looking for. That's that's the hope that we share. Even I, if, I don't know if you noticed, but the word hope was nowhere in this passage. If anybody call that, it's it's not anywhere in Second Corinthians four or five through through verse ten that we've read, but we can see it. We can see that what we have to look forward to. Um, so continuing in uh, the the next section, uh, we're going to face trials, but we're going to read this part again because uh, it's it's so amazing to me to think about how Paul describes this. Therefore. We do not lose heart, but though our outer man is decaying, yet our inner man is being renewed day by day. For momentary light affliction is producing for us an eternal weight of glory far beyond all comprehension. While we look not at things which are seen, but at things which are unseen, which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. So... I feel like everybody knows different folks at different points and walks in life, and some people say, "Oh, well, that person's had an easier life, so it's easier for them to say, to say, oh, that's not 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 such a big deal.'" But what do we know about Paul? 
is Paul somebody that you would look at and say, oh, he had an easy life, that whenever he says momentary light affliction, that what that means? Let's flip over to, to uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 11, uh, beginning in verse 21. 2 Corinthians chapter 11, beginning in verse 21. This, this is what Paul actually went through for the gospel. And so as you're thinking about this, as we're reading this, think in your mind, momentary light affliction. So just, just keep those three words, I think that's three words, going through your mind. To my shame, I must say that we have been weak by, by comparison, but in whatever respect anyone else is bold, I speak in foolishness, I am just as bold myself. Are they Hebrews? So am I. Are they Israelites? So am I. Are they descendants of Abraham? So am I. Are they servants of Christ? I speak as if insane. I'm more so, in far more labors, in far more imprisonments, beaten without number, often in danger of death. Five times I received from the Jews thirty-nine lashes. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. A night and a day I had spent the deep. I had been on frequent journeys and dangers from rivers, dangers from robbers, dangers from my countrymen, dangers from the Gentiles, dangers in the city, dangers in the wilderness, dangers on the sea, dangers from false brethren. I had been in labor and hardship, though through many sleepless nights and hunger and thirst, often without food and cold and exposure. Apart from external things, there is the daily pressure of me of concern for all the churches. Who is weak without being weak? Who is led in sin without my intense concern? That sound like momentary light affliction to y'all? Because it certainly doesn't to me. If we came this morning and the air conditioner wasn't working and we were here, Paul says that he was exposed he, he, was, he was without food and cold and exposure. If the air conditioner wasn't working this morning, do y'all think we'd be sitting here happy and joy listening to the word? It'd be a lot harder for me to concentrate. But And, and it, more than likely, that would, would be the highlight of our week in saying we had a bad week because the air conditioner broke at church this morning. Paul spent, week, spent nights in the deep being shipwrecked, and he did that for the gospel. And so part of the reason that I think that Paul has this perspective and can do this is because he's actually, he's, he has perspective on life and what it is. And so James 4, 14, you can turn it if you want, but it, but it describes that our life is like a vapor. And you know, it's, it's a bad time of year to describe this, but in the wintertime, whenever you breathe out, you can see the, the, the cloud of vapor that comes uh, as, as the moisture is evaporating. And, and you, see, you don't see that for very long. It's just there, and then it's gone. And that's how... James describes our life here on earth as we're just as a vapor. We're here and we're gone. So if you want to think through some math with me real quick, if you say that you can see that breath, that vapor for three seconds, and then the average life, and so, so think about that as our life. Our life is that vapor. It's there for three seconds and then it's gone. And then you think about our life here on earth. So the average age of a, uh, the average life expectancy in the United States is 79 years, give or take a few. So that's 2.5 trillion seconds. Okay, so that's a lot, that's a lot of seconds, that's a lot of breaths, right? Well, well think about our life as being eternity. 
you, you we can't we can't say what infinity is or what eternity. But think about that being eternity. So if you said that our one breath is our life, and and then our physical life while we're here is eternity, that one breath is going to be point zero 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 one two percent of your entire life here on earth. So do you give much thought of that one breath? So I know I sure don't. Especially when I'm hunting, and I, that's that's one time I always am happy to know that it's cold whenever I can see my breath outside. Uh, but I don't give much thought about that. If I have to hold my breath for a minute, for a second long, or something. But why is that not our perspective while we're here on Earth? Our momentary light affliction. That's why Paul was able to endure, and in my opinion, able to endure all these things because he realized this is only for a short time. I'm not going to be here forever. And this is something that I can do to service to the Lord. So there, there's no comparison whenever you think, whenever I think through those two things. Turn with me to Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8, we'll begin reading in verse 18. For I consider that suffering of this present time are not worth, worthy to be compared with the glory of that is to be revealed to us. For the anxious longing of the creation waits eagerly for the revealing of the sons of God. For the creation was subjected to the futility, not willing, but because of him who subjected in hope. That the creation itself also will be set free from its slavery corruption into the freedom of the glory of the children of God. For we who are the whole creation groans and suffering and pains of childbirth together until now. And not only this, but also we ourselves having the first fruits of the Spirit, even we ourselves grown within ourselves, waiting eagerly for the adoption of sons, the redemption of our body. For in hope we have been saved, but hope that is seen is not hope. For who hopes for what he already sees? But if we hope we for what we do not see, with perseverance we wait eagerly for it. So, here again, the sufferings of this present time, they're not to be compared with what we have to come. Because we're looking to be adopted by Christ. We're looking to be adopted into his family. What we're hoping for, we're eagerly waiting for heaven. That's what our goal is here. That's what our goal is. is that we, we're, we're looking to be in heaven with our Father and with the Son. And so to me, these are... These are very encouraging passages for me. So whatever struggles you have, any anything, any hardship that you have going on in life right now, think about it in perspective. And think about it in the in the grand scheme of things of what we have. And a lot of my problems instantly go away, even as, as bad as they seem uh, while here on this earth. They're really not. Because that breath, that, that vapor that we're living right now, is, re is really not that long. Okay, if you would turn back with me to 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 5. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. So verses 1 through 5, we're looking for a building from God. And that building from God is heaven. We're looking for something that's permanent. So these, these house, the houses that we live in here on earth, the uh, no matter no matter what you live in, it's it's a fairly permanent structure, is it not? This building is a fairly permanent structure. But if we got a hurricane this this summer come through, 
it could very very easily uh, knock it down. He, he talks about, uh, Paul talks about it as, as tense because that's what they would have been uh, living in then. But I, but I think it's very applicable to us today in that just because we think we can, we build a house and we put hurricane clips on it and we, we put a good, good, good roof on it, it's going to be there for a while. That doesn't have to be the case. It can come, God, or the, uh, the weather and the elements can very easily knock it down. But what we're looking for, we're looking for eternity. We're looking for the permanent dwelling that God has for us. So in verse 1, we have a building from God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. That's our goal. That's what our hope is. That's what we're looking for in the future that we're trying to get to. And so to me, that gives me a lot of comfort, especially whenever I see how easily things can be knocked down here in the most reliable most reliable and in the, in the, in the things that are the safest, they get knocked down and they're, and they're not there. I mean, to me, the, the coronavirus is a very uh, it's a very good example. You think you got a good healthcare system, you think everybody's where they need to be, we're doing what we got to do, but then you have something come along and we're still feeling the effects of it uh, two years since it started. And I think, I think it's important, to me it was a very good reminder of how temporary this life is. And our, we need to be setting our sights down the road. We need to be setting our sights down the road and up, and, and that, is, that is heaven. So uh, the final section here in, in chapter 5, uh, verses 6 through 10, we need, to, we need to be of good courage. I don't know if y'all noticed that that, that was mentioned twice uh, in verse 6. Therefore, being always of good courage and knowing that while we are at home in the body, we are absent from the Lord. For we walk by faith, not by sight. We are of good courage. I say and prefer rather to be absent from the body and to be home with the Lord. How many of us are, is that our goal? At time, I mean, I love my family and I love my kids and so it makes it hard. I enjoy this body. I might enjoy it too much because of my love that I have for my family and everything. Do I have the perspective that Paul has here? He would rather be absent in the body and at home with the Lord. That's how he has good courage. It's because he realizes where, where his goal is and what he's trying to make it to. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ so that each one may be recompensed for his deeds in the body according to what he has done. And so just because we live this life Heaven's not guaranteed. What it, to have hope, you got to do something. You got to be. You got to be working towards getting to heaven because we're all going to stand before the judgment throne of God. And I don't know about y'all, but that's a pretty sobering thought. I mean, we're not just talking about you're going to go stand before a judge in Wayne County. You're going to stand before the judge that created the entire world, the entire universe. That's that's a very a very sobering thought to me. Turn with me to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. First Thessalonians chapter 5 beginning in verse 1. Now as for the times and, and the epochs, brethren, you have no need of anything to be written to you. For you yourselves know full well that the day of the Lord will come, just like a thief in the night. 
while they are saying peace and safety, then destruction will come upon, upon them suddenly like labor pains upon a woman with child, and they will not escape. But you, brethren, are not in darkness, that the day would overtake you like a thief. For you are all sons of light and, and sons of, of day. We are not of night nor of darkness. So then, let us not sleep as others do, let us be alert and sober. For those who sleep, do their sleeping at night, and those who get drunk, get drunk at night. But since we are of the day, let us be sober, having put on the breastplate of faith and love, and a, and a helmet, the hope of salvation. For God has not destined us for wrath, but for obtaining salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us so that whether we are awake or asleep, we will live together with them. Therefore, encourage one another and build up one another as you also as you also are doing. So the day of the Lord is going to come like a thief in the night. Judgment day, this time that we're going to go stand before the ultimate judge. We don't know when that's going to come. We don't know, but, but we're not children of the dark. We're children of the light. We're the children that have been adopted into, into, uh, into the family. So we should be ready. We should be looking for that day, and we should be getting getting ready. In verse eight, the helmet. So so we, we have the, the armor here of God that we're, we're to be putting on, and the helmet that we're be, supposed to be putting on that we're going to be protecting our head. That's the hope of salvation. That's what's going to keep us going whenever we're getting we're getting the, the flaming darts of the devil at, thrown at us. The hope of our salvation. That's Part of what's going to be getting us through. And is it not, verse 11, to me very encouraging, because of all these things, therefore encourage one another and build up one another just as you are also doing. So we're supposed to be doing this together. We're supposed to be encouraging one, one another in that hope because these are the people we're trying to get to heaven with, right? I want to, I, I'm looking forward to seeing everybody in heaven as Christians that that we work with and that we're together with. So that's why we're that's why we're doing these things. That's why we're putting on that that hope, the the helmet of salvation, and we're we're to be helping one another do that as well. Uh, one final passage, if you would turn with me to John chapter fourteen. John chapter fourteen. We'll begin reading. In verse 1. Do not let your heart be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many dwelling places. If it were not so, I would have not, I would have told you. For I go to prepare a place for you. If I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself. That where I am, there you may be also. And you know the way where I am going. Thomas said, Lord, we do not know where you're going. How do we know the way? Jesus said, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Jesus has gone back to prepare a place for us. He's gone back to heaven to prepare eternity for us whenever this life is over. And I don't know about y'all, but I, I can see myself asking the question, Lord, we do not know where you're going. 
how are we going to know the way? How do we know how to get to you? How do we know how to get to heaven? And Jesus just says it very plainly. I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. So this morning, I would ask a question. Do you know Jesus? Are you walking in a way, are you walking in the way that he has laid out? I think that's a question that I, I need to answer every day, and I think we all need to answer every day, whether we're a Christian or not. Are we still walking in the way that he is the way, the truth, and the life? So I hope those, I hope that this was a, was a good lesson that, that uh, we can take and, uh, and apply to our lives and, and understand the hope that we do have in Christ, that we have in our uh, salvation that we can, we can look forward to. Because it's a life's not an easy thing, but when we put it in full, when we put it in perspective, it uh, it makes a lot more sense. And the trial and the things that we've been asked to do by God makes a lot more sense. So, real quick, just running back through, uh, we pre we preach Christ as Lord and ourselves as bond servants. There's going to be trials. We're going to be afflicted, but we're not going to be crushed. Jesus was raised from the dead, and so will we. There are trials that we're going to face, but they're momentary light afflictions. We're looking for a building from God, and that building is heaven. And because of that, we need to be of good courage, and we need to put on the helmet, which is the hope of salvation. So there's anyone here that needs to respond to the gospel call in any way, please come forward as we stand and sing.